Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. flash of fire ten times brighter than the day and oh, oh, a mighty city broken in the dust again turn around and go back down go back the way you came Babylon is laid to waste Egypt's buried in her shame and the mighty men are beaten down and the kings have fallen in the grave. Oh God, the pride of man, broken in the dust again. We'll turn around and go back down, go back the way you came. Terror is on every side. Though the leaders are dismayed and those that place their faith in fire, with fire their faith will be repaid. Oh God, the pride of man, broken in the dust again. We'll turn around and go back down, go back the way you came. Shout a warning to the nations that the sword of God is raised and mighty bond, that mighty city, rich in treasure, wide in fame. It shall be tired of falling, calls it to that mighty gain. dwell on many waters rich in treasure wide in fame bowing to a god of gold thy pride of might will be thy shame oh god the pride of man broken in the dust again and only god can lead the people back into the faith again. Thy holy mountain be restored, thy mercy on thy people hold. Oh God, the pride of man broken in the dust again. God, the pride of man, it's broken in the dust again. I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome you to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. If you're a guest with us today, we're glad you're here. 
We, we do want to get some information about you and allow the opportunity for us to get to know you and you to get to know us. Um, tear off everybody. Let's tear off our, our tabs on our bulletin here this morning. And if you are visiting with us for the first time, or maybe this is a... Um, is not the first time, but you have yet to fill one of these out, please do that and take it to the welcome table, welcome center table at the end of worship this morning. We have a gift for you we want you to, um, to receive, so please fill that out and take that to the welcome table. On the back side of, the, um, of that form, opposite the welcome side, is a prayer request form. We would invite everyone to fill that out. If you have a prayer need, please drop that off in the offering plate as it comes by. You can also use this tab as a care form to give to our care ministry that meets on Wednesday evenings. We would appreciate that. And also, if you look below the prayer request, is the opportunity to sign up for our next spiritual growth session, which begins next Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. Um, which will be led by Dr. Alice Cullinan. And in order for us to have enough material, we just want to make sure we know who's coming. So fill that out, and uh, you can drop those off in the offering plate or put it at the welcome table after service, either one. Take your bulletin this morning. I want to draw a, a couple of, of these announcements out. Uh, first of all, I want to uh, go to the bottom. It would make sense to start at the top, but I like getting confusing. So let's go to the bottom. You'll notice that we are hosting the uh, annual GCCBA, Greater Cleveland County Baptist Association, deacon training tomorrow night. There are about 225 deacons from across our association who will be here tomorrow night, and we are honored to be able to host that. But we have been asked to provide some desserts. So if you would uh, be willing to provide a dessert or bake a cake, uh, if you would see me after worship service this morning, I'll put your name on the list just so I know who, how many I have. I know some of those went around in Sunday school, so if you signed up in Sunday school, that's fine. But if you missed Sunday school this morning, please see me after worship so that I can get you uh, wrote down to provide a dessert or cake for tomorrow evening's event. At the top, you'll notice that we do have a beautiful flower arrangement that is in honor of a very special wedding anniversary. I know you'll want to uh, say, say words of congratulations to the Bridgeses, and I guess I do need to clarify that's Daphne and Charles. Uh, Bridges uh, and Hamrick around here, it just all blends in, don't it? Uh, so we're, we're glad that uh, they are celebrating this weekend. Also in the vestibule is a flower arrangement in, in uh, memory of Alan Jones. And I know that that family has been very grateful for your prayers and support of them. Uh, this church was full yesterday, and I know that was a great testimony to Alan's life. So please continue to pray for them. On the back side of the bulletin, you'll find other events and opportunities of ministry and service that are going on this week. We do invite you back Wednesday evening for our midweek service. And that's explained there on the right-hand side under the Wednesday column. You'll also see our Wednesday night menu. You, you will need to reserve your spot for supper this week. If you're going to be eating with us Wednesday night, please contact the church office and let us know. Also, if for some reason you are on a standing reservation and you're not going to be able to be with us, just call and let us know that you can't be here. That'd be great just so that we can be sure and prepare enough food. Senior adults, know that we will be meeting Tuesday this week, Tuesday, uh, at 11.30. We've changed that day, so we want to make that uh, emphasis there. We'll be meeting on Tuesday, September 22nd at 11.30. So um, make note of that. Well, let's, con let's uh, continue our worship together, and I'll recognize Keith for our call to worship.
I'm, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to recognize Doug. Let me assure you, I will not be leading in the call to worship through music this morning, so you should just feel better about that. Uh, this morning, I come to you as a representative or chair of the personnel committee. We have an announcement to make to the congregation. And lest any of you are beginning to have a knot in your heart and wonder, there are no resignations as of today. There are no resignations as of today. But the, uh, the personnel committee uh, has been working for a number of months toward this moment of making a recommendation that will be voted on next Sunday in our regularly called church conference. Uh, a number of months ago, the, uh, the church voted to have one position that would be entitled part-time minister to preschool and children, and then a part-time minister to youth. We have discussed, we have thought, we have listened, we've prayed, and we've consulted. And so we have uh, a recommendation that I'm going to just share with you today as information. There will be a printed sheet for you. I'll leave at the very back, and I'll leave some on the front pews here if you'd like to take one home with more information. Uh, we have met with a candidate um, who was outstanding in the interview process. We have uh, these, this individual has been interviewed by the personnel committee. We had uh, input from the preschool and the children's committee and parents and the enthusiastic uh, endorsement of our pastor who was involved in the interview process. This information was presented to the deacons this morning and they gave their endorsement. All of that to say is that we're very excited about this possibility of the new part-time minister of preschool and children. So I'm going to read to you now the recommendation that, we'll be, that you will be voting on, again, and that is a church decision next Sunday. The Personnel Committee of Boiling Springs Baptist Church recommends to the church that Ellen Humphreys be called as the part-time minister to preschool and children effective October 1, 2015, with a salary uh, annually of $21,000. The position, the salary have been approved months ago. There's a short bio bio on Ellen, who has served as a deacon here. She served in the public school system. Uh, she has worked for decades with preschool, well, with children. Um, again, I hope that I have uh, conveyed to you the enthusiasm and the positive nature that we believe that this uh, person and this position is going to bring. We're, we're thinking of new structures, but also thinking of old ways that we're currently doing to be as successful as we can in reaching families for, for the love of God and for discipleship in Christ. Thank you. 
Oh, yes, I will put these uh, some sheets out at the entrances for you. Good morning. Receive now this call to worship as we prepare our hearts and minds to meet with the Lord. Psalm 122, 1, David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Father, we gather today to worship. We gather today to pray, to sing, to confess. We pray today that, Lord, you would move in our hearts and move in this place as we seek to meet with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The North Carolina Missions Offering in Gathering is next Sunday. The theme, so they know, the statewide goal, $2.1 million. There are five categories of work. 
One of those, North Carolina Baptist men, gets 41% of the total collected. It's to relieve suffering during times of disasters, such as hurricanes, floods, landslides, and earthquakes. Currently, that includes two mobile medical dental clinic buses that have served last year more than 4,600 patients and 221 patients were provided free air transportation to and from the Baptist hospitals. The second of those categories is church planting. The percentage is 28%. And with that, new churches are helped to uh, begin. Sometimes it's with leadership guidance, and sometimes it's more than that, including loans for buildings. 78 new church plants were begun last year. Out of that 78 new churches, 78, as I said, a total new, 39 spoke a language other than English. So we know we're working in our state with more than 300 languages. The third category, the mission camps. That's 15% of that amount collected. It's intended to provide buildings and supplies, including construction needs, needs for uh, vacation Bible school, sports evangelism, and other necessities that are used to maintain the summer camps. We have two camps statewide, one here in Shelby and one in Red Springs that can provide space for up to 200 volunteers per day. The fourth category of the five, associational projects, and that's 10%. Our Greater Cleveland Baptist Association gets monies from that 10%. Uh, many of those monies sponsor partnerships in other states or in other countries. The fifth and final category is mobilization ministry projects, 6% of our budget. It assists in training and preparations of volunteers to work through partnerships in the United States and around the world. Some years back, more than 17 years now, our own Bonnie Dowdy went with a group to Cape Town, South Africa with funds that were a part of the amount that came from this particular category. Think, pray, and be sure to give by next week. Thank you. Our first congregational hymn this morning is uh, hymn number 36, and you may look at that and think you don't recognize it, but uh, it's the tune to Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, the Christmas tune. So it's just the words that you don't recognize. So uh, let's, let's uh, stand and sing number 36 together.
have a few items here this morning. Um, oh man, let's see. Uh, what what do we have here? Got some soap and spray. What is this? This this isn't just spray. What kind of spray is this? Germ spray, perfect. It's Lysol. Wonderful. And this? Wipes. What do these items do? They clean. Excellent. They clean what? They clean your house. They clean your hands. They kill germs, don't they? Um... That, those are pretty important products to have because they keep us or can help keep us from getting sick. They can't keep us totally from getting sick, but they help keep us from getting sick. Um, they also do something else. When you walk into a clean room, how do you know it's clean? Ooh, it smells good. That's it. It smells clean. Man, doesn't it feel good to be clean? Have you ever been outside playing all day and you're dirty head to toe and you come in and get a bath and you're like, ah. or would you just rather stay dirty? <laughs> I knew there'd be one that just said he'd rather stay dirty. Uh, you know, there's just, for some reason, I do not understand why sometimes, and, and guys, I don't know what it is about us, but we... Take a bath. All right, that's all I'm going to say about that. Take a bath. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to read a, a passage of Scripture to you today because I think it's important for us to know, you know, we're going to take in the Lord's Supper and it's a, a time for us to remember, but I want you to think about what we're remembering, what we're talking about. And in Psalm 51, uh, David the psalmist talks about being washed. Um. I want you to, to look right here. He says in verses um, 1 and 2, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Blot out my sins. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me from my sin. On the night that Jesus... On the night before Jesus dies... He has a meal with his disciples. And we refer to that as the Lord's Supper. But at, at that particular time, he washes the disciples' feet. And one of his disciples doesn't want it to happen. He doesn't want Jesus to wash his feet. He feels like that Jesus is too good to be washing his dirty, nasty feet. And he says, don't do it. But Jesus tells this particular disciple that he needs to that it's necessary, that he has to wash his feet for him to be clean. And he's talking about his death, his own death. And this disciple looks at him and says, Well, Jesus, if, if that's what is necessary, then don't just wash my feet. Wash all of me. For you see, we need to be cleansed, clean from our sin. Romans 3 tells us that we're all sinful. But Jesus died on a cross. You see, I brought out the my Vanja cube, and you see this picture of Jesus on the cross. And Jesus had to die and shed his blood 
for us to be clean, for us to be cleaned from our sins. And that's what we remember today. And that's what we give thanks for every day. Not just his death, but the fact that he's not dead today, that on the third day he arose and he's alive today in the hearts and lives of those who trust and believe in him. But we are thankful that he gave his blood for us to be clean. Because there's not a soap that can clean us from our sin. There's no wipes that can wipe away our sin. It had to be Jesus' death on the cross. Let's pray thanking God for Jesus. God, thank you for your son Jesus. And I pray that everybody in this room is given the ability to trust and believe in you. And if they have not done that, that today would be the day that you become real in their lives. That they can find freedom. That they can be washed by the blood of your son Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. Next hymn is hymn number 600, more about Jesus. Let's stand as we sing.
like to take just a moment before I pray and mention a few things, one of which uh, we are glad to have uh, Mrs. Pam Dennis with us today. Pam is uh, new at Gardner Webb in the library and is also uh, is librarian or works in the library by week and enjoys playing organ on the weekends. So Pam, we're glad to have you with us uh, this weekend. Also, just want to mention, uh, Doug and I uh, had spoken and uh, we just want to remind the church that Roger Humphreys, as we had recommended Ellen for this preschool children and um, preschool, for minister of preschool and children position, that Roger was not involved in any of the discussion with the personnel committee. And we just want to remind the church or, or be very clear about that with the church family. As, as, uh, before I pray this morning, I want to encourage each of you to please be in prayer for the family of Sonia Jones. In the recent passing of Alan, we had a wonderful service of celebrating, celebrating his life and what he meant to so many yesterday here at Boiling Springs. But please be mindful of Sonia and her family at this time. Also, please remember the family of Irene Murray and the death of her brother's grandchild, so her great-nephew, who was 21 years old. And uh, we want to remember that family this morning as well. Also, Linda is, uh, Green, uh, not our, our, uh, our music, uh, Linda Green, but uh, Richard and Linda Green. Linda had knee surgery this week and is home recovering. Also, Laddie Joe Wynn is not doing well, and uh, let's please be mindful of him and his needs at this time and his family, but it is quite serious. He is at home, uh, but uh, please remember him in your prayers. And also Bonnie Dowdy, who was referenced earlier, a uh, missionary that's from uh, here at Boiling Springs, who's in South Africa. She will be having some transition um, here soon in her life and ministry, and so we want to be in prayer for her this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your peace, for your presence in our lives, that although the winds and the waves may be howling around us and crashing in on us, Father, we're grateful that you serve as that anchor, that, Father, you are that uh, consistent, stable anchor in the midst of all of the things that may be going on around us, many of which we can't comprehend, many of which we don't understand. Father, help us today to put our faith and trust in you. Lord, you know the needs of each person that have come into this, has come into this place today. Lord, some of us are burdened for family members, whether it's health issues or maybe relational issues that uh, bring us down today. Lord, help us to lay those at your feet. Father, help us to trust you with them and to lift these concerns up to you. Father, we pray that you would meet us today at the point of our need. Lord, only you know truly what those needs are. And so, Father, we pray that you would stir in our minds, that you would stir in our hearts, and that we leave here today, Father, with a greater sense of purpose, meaning, and direction uh, for the path that our lives need to take. Father, we lift up the family of Sonia Allen, family of Irene Murray. We pray for Linda Green and others who are home recovering. We pray for Laddie Joe Wynn during these difficult days, that you would be his good shepherd and to him and his family. And Father, we also pray for Bonnie Dowdy as she seeks your face regarding her decisions for her future. Father, we give you this time of worship today. We pray that your will would be done. We thank you for your word, for prayers, for songs. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts as we partake and remember your body that was broken and your blood that was shed. Father, we love you. We commit this time to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next hymn will be our offertory hymn. And again, it's one who, uh, that you may not be familiar with the title, but you are familiar with the tune. And... Personally, I'm glad that it's not as high as that last one, uh, so we can all sing out. Let's stand as we sing together.
the most beautiful lessons I guess I've ever learned in reading the Bible is contained in the New Testament. And I think as I read through the New Testament, I look at what the Bible says about how God loves those that freely give. It says he loves the cheerful giver. And I think that as we come to our offertory time this morning, that as we give, we need to give freely. We need to give with an open spirit. Because when I look at my life, we're truly blessed. We are. We're truly blessed. And I think that as we give, we need to open our minds, we need to open our hearts, and we need to gladly give back to God what's rightfully His. Father, we bow humbly in your presence this morning to give you thanks for the beauty of the day. To give you thanks, Father, that you are a God who loves us, that you are a God who has chosen to bless us beyond measure. And Father, I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you, Father, that you are a God who has promised not to ever leave us. That you are a God who has promised never to forsake us. And Lord, how precious those promises are. I thank you that we're a people who live in a land where we have the freedom to worship in any way that we see fit. Lord, this is a privilege that so many people take for granted. I pray you would help us, Father, to never do that. We're blessed. We can worship. We can serve. And we can give. And I pray, Father, that as we have come to that time of giving, that we would gladly and that we would joyfully give back to you, Father, what's rightfully yours. And I pray, Father, that as we give it, that you would take it, that you would bless it, that you would multiply it, that the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ might be spread to the four corners of the earth. I pray, Father, that as we depart from here this morning, that we would depart in a spirit of service, that regardless of where we are or what we're doing, Father, that our life would represent a true and a living Christ. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen.
Thank you, choir. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you to turn to Mark chapter 10, and we'll be looking at verses 35 through 45 this morning. Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. Last week, we began looking at service as we honored two of our members who have been serving for many years in nursery and with music. And we're going to continue this theme for a few weeks. And this morning, we're going to look at a passage of scripture here where Jesus spoke very candidly to two who were um, a little confused about uh, what it means to serve. And uh, he had a message for James and John, and I believe he has a message for each of us this morning as well. Mark 10, verses 35 through 45 James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant that we may sit one on your right and one on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to him, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you shall drink, and you shall be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. But to sit on my right or on my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is has, has been prepared. Hearing this, the ten began to feel indignant. With James and John calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. I pray that you would do something in our hearts and in our minds today, that you would stir us to greater service. You would stir us to greater commitment and stir us to greater love of you. Father, teach us what it means to serve, to serve our fellow man here in this place and to serve those whom we come in contact with in our places of work as we go about our daily lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want us to walk back through your Bibles. If you have one out, keep it, keep it open. I want us to kind of walk back through this passage very briefly before we go into our time of communion this morning. But it mentions uh, James and John, the two disciples, and it mentions that they were sons of Zebedee. Whenever the scripture often mentions that somebody was the daughter of somebody or the son of somebody, who that somebody is usually has significance for the passage, as it does in this one. As it says, James and John were the sons of Zebedee. Zebedee was a well-known fisherman. He had a big fishing business, a very successful man. It is most likely that James and John and Zebedee uh, came from a more prominent family, a family that um, is used to being a little more accommodated to, a family that maybe had privileges that other families did not have. It's believed possibly that when Peter was there with Christ in his final hours, that it was Zebedee who allowed Peter to go into uh, that uh, inner courtyard or that area where Peter was, could access Jesus and many of the others could not. But also we read the same passage in Matthew chapter 20, and you will read a, a little bit different slant on it. You will read that it was James and John and their mother, and their mother was the one that asked Jesus, grant that my sons, one may sit on your right and one may sit on your left. 
And I want us to think about that for a moment. What good mother would not want the best for her children? Maybe her children had other means that some of the other children did not. And she wanted that not only in this life, but she wanted that in the next as well. So she went to Jesus and she said, grant that my children, who I love and I cherish, who have enjoyed privilege in this life, may they enjoy privilege in the next. We don't know. I'm reading something into the text. I'm, I'm telling you that this morning. But, um, but she wanted something great for her children. So we see that they were from a, a prominent fishing family and most likely, again, from a family of importance. They came to Jesus saying, teacher, we want you to do for us, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. First of all, this is a self-centered statement. <laughs> That's like us going to Jesus and saying, Jesus, um, whatever I'm about to ask you, I want you to do for me. And who would us in our right mind would do that? But yet James and John walk up to Jesus and they say, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And Jesus, being kind and polite, he could have said a lot of things here. Uh, but he said in verse 36, what do you want me to do for you? He also said it again, if you read down later in the chapter, in verse 40, uh, 51, he said uh, to the blind man, he said, what do you want me to do for you? He was clearly defining what it is that this person wants him to do. It, uh, it, you know, the obvious is there. We want, we want healing with, with the man who was with the eye and then with the, with, that was blind. And then here with James and John, it was, you know, Jesus, I think, knew what was coming. But to clarify what someone specifically wants is important in the conversation. Many times we're misunderstood because we're communicating and maybe we're trying to be nice, we're trying to be polite, or we're trying to do it in such a way as to not be so obvious. But yet sometimes we have to do this. We say, and I have to do this often as a pastor. Now, what you're telling me is, you know, a good counselor would do that as well. So what I hear you saying is, you know, and so Jesus is doing that here with James and John. And it's important, not only in counseling, but also in business. It's important before you make a transaction to know exactly what you're getting into and exactly what the customer expects and what you are able to do as well. So Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do? And they said to him, grant that we may sit one on your right and one on your left in your glory. The greatest honor for a king, the greatest honor if you're in the king's court, is to sit on his right. That's first and foremost. And then also to sit or to sit on his left. And so they were asking uh, for, uh, for that they would have these places of honor. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Basically, Jesus is saying, you don't know what you're asking. Has that, has that ever happened in your family or in your life before? You're talking to a spouse, you're talking to someone, especially when you're young. When you're older, you have more of a sense of reality about the magnitude of what you're asking. But here, basically, Jesus is trying to say to James and John, do you really understand what you're asking me? Because to sit at my right and my left, he later says, is not for me, but it's for uh, my Father in heaven and who he has prepared. Before he says that, in verse 39, though, he says, the cup that I drink, you shall drink, meaning the, the death that he's about to die and to suffer, they shall drink. And you shall be baptized with the baptism with which I am being baptized, meaning his suffering. These disciples had no idea what was coming. Then he says, but to sit on my right or on my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it has been prepared. Hearing this, the, the ten, the other ten disciples began to feel indignant. They began to be angry. They began to be resentful. They began to lose their temper. How dare these other two disciples? If you look back and study their history, they have a track record of doing this again, 
uh, in a different way, coming to Jesus and the other disciples. Again, maybe James and John had a little bit, again, a life of privilege. And maybe some of the ten had some feelings about that. But how dare they come to Jesus and ask one to sit at the right and the other at the left? Calling them to himself, Jesus said to all the disciples, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. Basically what he's saying is that you know that those in authority, their authority often goes to their heads. Many of you have either been in a place of employment or sometimes, unfortunately, in a church. The authority that a minister could hold or the authority that a boss could hold is sometimes taken advantage of. And sometimes, being the employee, you have to decide how you're going to respond to that and, and, and what path you're going to take. But basically, Jesus says, don't let this power go to your heads. Verse 43, but it's not this way among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Jesus takes this top-down approach and turns it upside down. Wesley and I were talking, and I can't remember who the company was, Wesley. You remember who it was? Home Depot? They say that they, their, their, their pyramid is turned upside down, meaning that they, they, are, they focus from the bottom up. And uh, we think about that. That's Jesus' model of leadership. It's not the top-down but it's the bottom up. Jesus says, you want to become great. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. In verse 45, Jesus goes on to say, for even the son of man, even Jesus Christ himself did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let me ask you a few questions this morning before we move into a brief time of commitment and then communion this morning. Do we wish for our church and for the ministries to be great here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church? Do we want to see people coming to faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and growing in their personal faith? Do we want to see people, do we want to see people finding a greater sense of purpose and meaning in their lives? Do we want to see people falling in love with Jesus? This happens not from putting ourselves in places of honor, but it happens when we turn the pyramid of success upside down, becoming like the servants that Jesus speaks of here in Mark chapter 10. Very little growth will happen if we sit back and think, well, that's what other people do in the church, but I don't have my place of service. If we find our place, our place of service, the things that God will do in us and through us will be absolutely incredible. We won't come together and talk about a, a beautiful facility in which we have to meet in. We won't come together and talk about the resources that we have and the talented people in our church but we're going to come together and talk about what God's doing in our lives. We're going to come and share what his word meant to us during our times of devotion during the week. We're going to come, we're going to be challenging others. Hey, I'm really enjoy serving in this area. I think you might like to serve in this area. But our conversations will begin to be transformed as our lives are being transformed. We often pray, Lord, bless our church and make it great. To which I believe Jesus tells you and I this morning, if any church would follow me, let it deny itself and take up its cross and follow me. I want to conclude my sermon time with a quiz this morning. You don't need to write anything down or get your don't, don't, uh, you know, for your garden web students or those of you, you know, that don't like tests, don't worry too much here. But think with me through this quiz. If you had to name the five wealthiest people in the world, you might could do a few there. What about the five, the last five Heisman Trophy winners? Now, for some of you sports fans, you might could do that this morning. What about the five people who have won the Nobel or the Pulitzer Prize? 
What about this year's Academy Award winners for Best Actor or Actress? What about the last Super Bowl or World Series winners? Some of you might could do some of those, but it's doubtful that we could do all of those. The point is the headliners of yesterday, though not second-rate achievers, are forgotten. The applause dies, the trophies are tarnished, achievements are forgotten, and the accolades are buried with them. Let's take another quiz, and I think you'll do a little better with this one. List three teachers who have aided your journey through school. Name five people who taught you something worthwhile in life. Think of a few people who have made you feel appreciated and special. Think of five people you enjoy spending time with. The lesson this morning is that people who make a difference in our lives aren't the ones with the most credentials, the most money, or the most awards. They're the people who care about us. They're the people who serve us in some way. You may not always think about that in relationship to your friends or your family or your teachers. But the ones who make a difference in our lives are the ones who care and the ones who serve. Let us be a church that the reason we serve is because we care about people. And we care about where they are in their relationship with the Lord. Will you help me in making it known through our kind words and our acts of compassion that Boiling Springs Baptist Church cares about people? Cares about people in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here in this church and among uh, the families and the individuals here at Bowling Springs Baptist. We're thankful, Lord, that there have many, there are many people here who have served in many capacities here for years. But Lord, challenge us today. As we see James and John and their desire for, uh, to be recognized and their desire to be uh, important in the next life, Father, you reminded them in a very bold way that they must become least. They must become servant. They must become slave of all. And so, Father, forgive us if we have sought that authority, if we have sought that recognition, having our name known. And, Father, remind us that true greatness is found in service. True greatness is found in serving one another and serving the community and serving others who simply may not be able to give back anything. But God, give us that servant's heart. You reminded us that being the son of God yourself, that you have not come to be served, but to serve. So Father, teach us more about what it means to serve like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.